Hello and welcome to the podcast, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Tom DeLong. Don't mention aliens. That's correct. If you're going to interview Tom DeLong, don't mention aliens. Now, I found this article from TheGuardian.com. It's written by Rich Pelly. The title says, quote, People need to open their minds, unquote. Tom DeLong on his new career as a UFO expert. It goes on to say the ex-Blink-182 singer now has his own UFO show. He talks about spooked moonwalkers, a mysterious 1940s crash, and what Donald Trump and Boris Johnson dare not reveal. Now, I'm going to try to read through this, and as we go along, uh, just point out some point out some things. It says, seconds before my interview with Tom DeLong is due to begin, I'm told, don't mention aliens. This seems odd because the former Blink-182 frontman produces and occasionally appears on Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation, currently showing on Sky. But aliens and UAPs, the term is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena these days, despite the show's title, don't necessarily go hand or jellyfly tentacle in hand. Now, I'll point out here that I've got links to several articles um, at the website ufowarning.com. And there's three people that I want you to consider as we go through this article. Tom Long, of course, and then the other two people, and they're uh, involved with this show, Unidentified. Actually, pretty fun watching. But uh, Louis Elizondo, the former head of ATIP, and also Christopher Mellon. He was another uh, assistant secretary of DOD or something. Both these guys, decades of experience in the Department of Defense, um, the intelligence community. And Christopher Mellon, by the way, comes from the Mellon banking family. I mean, it really would be what you would call the blue blood, I guess. And I just think it's it's weird that both these guys are what a lot of people would consider to be uh, deep state actors. I mean, they're they have a high security level. They've worked in they've worked in um, top secret stuff. They've been in and out of the defense industry, defense department. I mean, they're super well connected. And now here they are, along with with uh, Tom DeLong really creating the narrative that we're hearing now about UFOs. Now it goes on and says, DeLong, you see, is extremely keen to keep himself credible. People need to buckle up, he says, open their minds and stop talking about, you know, aliens and extraterrestrials, because I have a feeling that that's not exactly what it is. Aliens. I clocked the not mentioning alien score at 1 to 0 me. Well, I just love the way Tom, Tom puts what you might think is kind of an oxymoronic statement he says people need to buckle up, open their minds, and stop talking about it. So, sh- other words, shut up and listen to me. So, basically, what he's telling here is that they're not extraterrestrials or aliens, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. So, here we start the article right off the bat. Tom is telling you to shut up and be quiet when he tells you what's going to happen. DeLong's journey from cheeky skate rock formation to UFO UAP expert perhaps needs some exp- explanation. Firstly, this isn't just some fad. Quote, I got deeply involved when I, was, when I was starting 7th grade, he says. Then, after Blink signed to a major label, I used my first check to buy a computer specifically to get deeper into researching the subject. It's really all I've ever done outside of music and building a family. You can see here that Tom is setting himself up as a UFO expert. It's all he's ever done. So you need to listen to him. Next paragraph. Unidentified reveals the findings of the Pentagon's top secret $22 million UFO task force. 
which investigated the threat of UAPs around the globe with, with DeLong's help Military footage of these incidents has now been released into the public domain. While the visual evidence is restricted to grainy radar footage, the scary part is that the pilots, military officials, and other eyewitnesses interviewed and unidentified all give the same story, that of multiple UFO sightings of giant white tic-tac-shaped craft moving at speeds and trajectories that seem impossible to man. Well, that author just managed to completely skip over the most important part of the question in that paragraph. And that would be, Mr. DeLong, how did you get your hands on those three videos? How did those three videos get from the F-A-18 Hornets on the West Coast and the East Coast to the New York Times? And how did they end up being spread all over the world via the Internet with the To The Stars Academy watermark splashed on them. See, no one asked Tom, Tom how, did, Tom, how did you get those videos, man? Nobody wants to ask that question. What we do know is that the top secret $22 million UFO task force he's talking about is ATIP. Okay. Anybody who's been following this for five minutes knows that. And we know that the man that was in charge of ATIP was Louis Elizondo. Although, I have to tell you, there's a BuzzFeed documentary from a year ago floating around. I just watched a couple days ago. BuzzFeed, I think that's from Newsweek, saying that uh, Elizondo only worked there during the year of 2012 and that he was not the first ATIP head. I kind of doubt that because I found on Washington Post, they said that he had been there since it started in 2007. Now you can go to the website ufowarning.com, ufowarning.com, and you can link to the Washington Post article where it, where it claims that Elizondo lobbied to have those three videos released. But then it just leaves it hanging out there. It doesn't tell us, well, did he get them released? When, when Elizondo, when he resigned in 2017, when he sent Jim, Jim Mattis his resignation letter, complaining that nobody wanted to take these things as a threat. When he left that building, did he leave with those videos, or did he forward those videos to the New York Times, or did he have nothing to do with it? I mean, please tell us what happened. Because it says here that Tom DeLong helped affect the release of those videos. Well, how did he help? What did he do besides release copies a year and a half before the Pentagon did? I don't, I don't get it. They're leaving out some, some really big, important parts in this article. It goes on there. It says, Blink-182 foreign when DeLong was introduced to bassist Mark Hoppus at San Diego High School in 1992. Drummer Travis Barker followed after learning a 20-song set in just 45 minutes before a show in 1998. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. They're just so awesome. It says here, quote from from DeLong, I remember touring in the van and I've been reading these books full of government documents with witness accounts, says DeLong. We're talking pilots, officers, all highly credible individuals that were trained at nuclear missile facilities. I mean, astronauts that walked on the moon were having encounters, you know, or do we? Well, it seems like Tom is constantly trying to uh, imply that he has secret knowledge. Therefore, he has secret power. Because a lot of this stuff we've heard alluded to, but 
uh, none of it has really been proven. Blink-182 released six albums. Okay, we, we can go on from there. It says, and then Tom talks about how people, you know, listen, anytime you, you come across an interview with Tom DeLong, it's going to be a lot more about Tom DeLong than it is about UFOs. So he talks about himself here quite a bit. And then, uh, of course, the journalist who seems to be quite enamored with Tom talks about what a great guy he is. And then he asks about, uh, he says, but what level of government cover-up are we talking about? Because Thomas, Thomas told him that, you know, well, there's certain things I can't tell you because of, of uh, government security, blah, blah, blah. What he's doing is he's implying that he has a security level or a top-secret clearance level of some sort to the point where he uh, knows about UFO stuff that he can't talk about. Well, then what's the point of having the interview? He goes on, he says, but clearly he knows something or thinks he knows something but what level of government cover are we cover government cover up are we talking about? Are aliens really living among us like men in black? No, not at all, DeLong says. It's not conspiratorial. Anybody can go on to a CIA website and read thousands of reports. And I see that's just a lie. He's implying that you can find out everything you need to know about aliens because the CIA is so open with you. Listen. You go onto the website, and you'll find out that most of the pages are blacked out. They're keeping stuff secret from the 1960s and 70s. He says, Our government has had decades of the very difficult burden of dealing with something that is extremely advanced but poorly understood. They need time to dig into this, to understand it, to gather data and analyze it. So now Tom DeLong is apologizing for the U.S. government. If you listened to the podcast yesterday about Area 52, we talked about how in 1968, federal agents at the Dugway Proving Ground did open-air testing of nerve gas. Four to 6,000 sheep were killed. They lied about it. They had to pay people off. We talked about how they released mutant mosquitoes. The U.S. government, in its deepest, darkest forms, has a long history of doing unethical things and lying about it. That's what people do when you give them unlimited power and no accountability. Yet Tom DeLong feels it necessary to make apologies for people who have debunked, dehumanized, and defamed people who have simply reported seeing UFOs. Think about that. For 70 years, the federal government in one form or another has engaged in debunking defaming and harassing people who have reported UFO sightings. But Tom DeLong doesn't care, because he's on the inside now. That's what it looks like, at least. He goes on and says, <clears throat> such as, and then Tom says, we have a physical material from something that crashed purportedly in the late 40s, and we can prove this thing was engineered. This thing is extremely advanced, down to a nano level, and is of interest to the national labs, the U.S. government, and the U.S. Army. Now, Tom does this all the time, and it just drives me crazy. You know, he says late 40s. So what he's doing here is he's, he's throwing out a little hint that they've got something from the Roswell crash. Look, he's not being honest. He's not being transparent. 
So how on earth can I expect this guy to give me any kind of disclosure, and why should I believe a word he says? Unless maybe what he says just confirms already very negative things that I've been hearing. Now let's go on here. It says, then there's the Nimitz case, where hundreds of aircraft came in at 80,000 feet, lowered to sea level, and were intercepted by top gun pilots and captured by the U.S. Navy using the most advanced radar system in the world. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, other than something landing on the White House lawn. But if you go back to the cover of the Washington Post in 1952, there are these things all over the White House. This refers to mysterious lights in the sky over the U.S. Capitol lasting several days. What were they? And that's on the cover of the biggest newspaper of the time. Now, once again, Tom is playing fast and loose with the facts. From the research that I've found, the picture that he's talking about is a picture of the White House, and supposedly you see these orbs surrounding it. And from what I have been able to find, this picture was listed as a manufactured picture, not meant to be uh, taken as a picture that was actually you know, photographed with a camera, but a picture that was created to replicate what people saw. Now, if I'm wrong, maybe somebody can disprove me, but everything i found is this picture is... You wouldn't call it a fake, but it's a manufactured picture. It's like a painting. It's photoshopped to look that way because they wanted to show people what people reported seeing. So I find it troubling that Tom is used as an example, as an example of his disclosure, a fake picture posted by the Washington Post back in the 50s. Goes on and says, there were rumors on the internet, admittedly, that Barack Obama on existing office was going to reveal something definitive about the existence of aliens. Is DeLong in the know? And he says, quote, I can't say much, he says, but I know there have been moments when certain presidents have come close. This issue always becomes, how are people going to digest this if we hit them over the head with a giant sledgehammer? That's scary for people in the Pentagon when they're trying to keep civilization duct tape together. This is another nauseating comment by, 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 by Tom. It's clear that these people in Washington, D.C. suffer from delusions of grandeur. They really think that if they weren't here on the planet, that the planet would spin off its axis and we would all be hurtled in outer space. I mean, this is just crazy. Just crazy. These idiots think somehow that if the average person had to deal with the reality of UFOs, that the world would cease to exist. That they're keeping the world duct taped together. Yes. Yeah, the likes of us, are so, we, we are so wild and unmanageable that the Pentagon has to keep the world duct taped together. You know, when you stop and look at all the stupid stuff the government has done, look at all the radiation poisoning they've released on Earth just with their stupid detonation of hundreds of nuclear devices. They practically they practically poison the planet. We've got Fukushima dumping uh, atomic waste in the Pacific Ocean as we speak. And these morons are what's keeping the world together? We're supposed to trust these morons to protect us from UFO disclosure? Wow. So Tom DeLong is sympathizing with the deep state as to why they can't give you disclosure. Explain to me again why people trust Tom DeLong to tell us what's going on. As far as a 
Barack Obama is concerned, you can go back and look at a couple of the podcasts, he was in fact the least transparent president this country has ever seen. You couldn't get any UFO stuff released under him. Okay, it says, so does Trump know something we all don't? I don't know what he knows, but I do know that we've helped set up briefings for the White House. Yes, I'm sure, Tom, that Trump immediately asked for DeLong the minute he got into the White House. What will I do until Tom gets here? Now, we go on here, and it talks a little bit. There's, he gets into some weird stuff. He says, Sean Ryder on UFOs, another Sky Show that aired in 2013, saw the Happy Mondays frontman visiting the likes of Donald and Deidre from Bolton, who claimed to have been abducted by UFOs. Should Ryder be taken seriously? And then Tom says, absolutely, but when people think of abductions, they might not be, that might not be what it is. Abductions have been around since the dawn of time. Cave drawings show the exact same entities that people see in so-called abductions. People who use psychedelic drugs to help with post-traumatic stress syndrome, depression, and anxiety all see these same beings. These same entities, people say these abductions take place in their sleep. I think people are going to find out that this has a lot to do with consciousness and is not coming from another planet. There's a lot more to the universe. Now, Tom has said some things that just aren't true. He's, and he's mixing and matching in a very dangerous way. Now, he's talking about people taking DMT and other hallucinogenics. Now, some people, yes, do claim that this, these things help with post-traumatic stress and serious mental illness. I have my doubts. What's really going on here at the forefront of this stuff is the U.S. government intelligence has been widely reported. Joe Rogan's talked about it, about people using DMT. And a common hallucination when people take this drug, apparently is that they see entities that are referred to frequently as clockwork elves. That these entities tell them how to make things, they're creating things, whatnot. There's a dark side to the story. People have come back and said that when the subject came up, or when they brought up the subject of Jesus, that the clockwork elves pretty much freaked out. They didn't want to hear about Jesus. So this tells us there's definitely something going on here besides uh, all, a bunch of different people having the same dream. Next thing. Uh, I could go on about that for an hour, but next thing. Tom says these are the same entities that are doing the abductions. Well, that's not true. It's blatantly not true. I mean, I personally have uh, studied many, many abduction cases, and, and not a single time have I heard about a person being abducted by these clockwork elf entities. It's always by the greys, or some type of grey alien, or maybe the, you know, people talk about the praying mantis type uh uh, aliens, a lot of different kind, but never have I ever mentioned, heard somebody mention being abducted by these clockwork elves or the leprechauns. And you, those are the ones you hear about people associating with mushrooms or hallucinogenic drugs. So he's mixing his metaphors here, and I don't know if he's just being sloppy and if he, or if he just doesn't know, know any better. Secondly, some of these abductions appear to me as though they are indeed physical. And the reason I say that is because people come back with implants. And if they were just sleeping, if it was all a bad dream, then where did the implants come from? And we've done a lot of podcasts on these. And I, you know, I'll have to go back and revisit this subject. But some of these implants come back and they're emitting radio frequencies. Okay, They're made of materials that are not of this world. You can watch Patient 17. 
So something's happened. These people have been taken somewhere, and a lot of times they've been assaulted, maybe even sexually assaulted, and they come back with implants. That's way beyond a, a bad dream. So what Tom's doing here really, to my mind, is not cool. He is downplaying the experiences, and quite frankly, in a lot of cases, very bad experiences these people have had, making and making it come across as, well, well these entities, entities have been around for a long time, they're just having a little sit-down with you while you're asleep. No big deal. It's, that is not the case. And what he says here is not correct. Then he goes on and he says some other stuff that's really kind of out there. He says, um, So if national security wasn't an issue, could DeLong tell me stuff that would make my hair stand on end? Quote, Yes, I thought I knew most of the unnerving parts when I was briefed on something and I didn't sleep for three nights, I think what's going to come is a great, greater understanding of who we are and where we need to go. And that excites me because I do believe something beautiful can come from something so unnerving. Now this is another example of Tom's very disjointed, uh, some would say wishful thinking. He says that something was shown to him that made him, that disturbed him so much, unnerved him so much, he couldn't sleep for three days. But then after the three days, you know, a normal human reaction would be to separate themselves from that. Would be to say, wow, I've just been, I have just been confronted with something that's really evil. Now, how do I meet this evil head on? Because I don't have enough wherewithal myself to do that. What do I need to do here? But not Tom. Tom comes back with this very... Uh, I think, a very weak-minded notion that, well, something good can come from this. And this is the same sort of nonsense that we hear from people who have suffered traumatic abductions. They have been physically assaulted and injured by whatever these entities are. And then they come back and they say, well, I don't think they were really trying to hurt me. I think they had good intentions. They assign good intentions to evil actions. And when you think about that, just like Tom is doing here, he is assigning good intentions to evil actions. Now at some point, regardless of what your belief system is, regardless of whether or not you believe in God, whether or not you believe on God, whether or not you're just out here wandering around the wilderness, you should have enough common sense, enough, enough of a need to survive, not to assign good intentions to evil actions. When these things are going out here and overtly attacking people, when he says he saw something so unnerving he couldn't sleep for three days, but he can't talk about it. But then now, well, you know, I think something good can come of that. That's like being said you've been given a diagnosis of terminal cancer three weeks to live and something good's going to come of that. Well, I guess if you're going to die and go to heaven, something good came of it. But as far as living on this planet, no, not so much. Now we go on here, and Tom says a couple of other things that I really don't agree with. He says, the, the, the author says, so aliens are real. Tom says, quote, Things were written in text thousands of years ago, like hearing voices in your head, a burning bush that was talking. The ancient text may have called it God, but I'm just saying... It's not that simple. The star of Bethlehem? Was that a star or a craft? Because the star is really big. It wouldn't be hovering over a manger. Whew. 
Wow, man. You know, I have to get I have to get past the fact that this question was answered at about a third grade literacy level. But at at another level, it's very it's very clever. You see, Tom is introducing the same lie that the serpent introduced to Eve in the garden. Yeah, it's a big lie, but you got to throw in some truth for people to swallow it. He says, things were written in text thousands of years ago. Well, we know that there are lots of different religions. I mean, but then he doesn't, he doesn't attack Islam. He doesn't attack uh, Hinduism or any of the other religions. No, Tom goes straight for the jugular. He goes straight for the Christian Judeo values. He says, like, hearing voices in your head. Now, come on, Tom. We know what he's talking about when people feel like God's speaking to them. Hey, listen, everybody has everybody has a train of thought, okay? And a lot of people in the world today believe that if they seek God, they can find him. But Tom's trying to take this very personal, normal, human uh, phenomena and turn it into something, well, something he can manipulate you with. He says, a burning bush that was talking. Well, if you know, if you've read the Bible story, you know that this was God talking. He got, he got, he got Moses' attention with a, with a burning bush that wouldn't burn out so that he could talk to him. So what Tom is doing here, he's saying that may not be the voice of God in the Bible scriptures or in your head. Maybe it's the aliens and not the little green men kind, the kind that you find on hallucinatory drug trips. Well, quite frankly, Tom, I'm not interested in talking to entities while I'm taking hallucinatory drugs. He goes on, he says, but I'm just saying it's not that simple. Star of Bethlehem, now come on. This is, this is probably the ugliest part here. You see, he has to take a jab at Jesus because it seems like that's where the conflict is at. Why aren't they, why don't these people, why aren't they every, why aren't they ever angry at Muhammad? Why aren't they ever angry at Buddha or the other religious figures in the world? Man, why have they always got to be dumping on Jesus for? Just right out of the interview, dumping, man. The star of Bethlehem, what well, does it say in the Bible that it had a star ten foot over his, his house? I mean, come on, Tom, you know, you know better than that. It tells you that the wise men followed the star from afar. I think they might have been Corvin, Iran or something. We don't know. Persia, I think. So that star wasn't hanging out ten foot above that little manger, that little house Jesus lived in. He knows that. That's the thing I find the most disturbing. We're taking this paradigm, okay, of the UFO phenomena, and we're shifting it from, well, this could be some kind of extraterrestrial thing, or... It could be something we don't understand. And it's turning into a situation where they can go down a couple roads. Either we might interpret these things to be a threat against our country. That's what Louis Elizondo says. That's what Christopher Mellon says. But then Tom DeLong comes along and says, Well, I think these things are really unnerving. I couldn't sleep for three days. But, you know, maybe we'll get through this. So Tom would rather serve... Something that upset him so much he couldn't sleep for three days. Than the little baby that was laying in the manger in Bethlehem. I don't know. 
really disturbing stuff here. I don't know how we get from, I don't know how we get from meeting entities by taking hallucinogenic drugs to saying that those same entities could have been what was hanging over the the Bethlehem star. I, I don't get this. So anyway, it's a, it's interesting. I think I think that uh, what's happening here is. Uh, as far as Tom DeLonge and a lot of the deep state is concerned, is that this whole UFO phenomenon is taking a very dangerous turn. Wants to send us down one of two paths. Wants to tell us that these things are very dangerous, they're a threat to the country, and only the deep state can protect us. And you're going to have to go back in your house and stay there for six months or six years like you did with COVID. Or... They're going to say these things look ugly. They look like the Nazis. They kill a lot of stuff. They do a lot of damage. Couldn't sleep for three days. Maybe wanted to throw up. But I think in the long run it's going to be okay. So just shut up and do what they tell you. Either either way, what I see happening here, and I see it with this interview with Tom DeLonge, and I find it so upsetting, is that they're trying to control the narrative and they're trying to control the public through the narrative. That's why we have to examine these people. We have to examine where they come from. We have to examine their motives. And we have to make up our own minds. Only you can decide what these things are and what they mean to you and for you and how you should react. Until the next time, this is UFO Warning Over and Out.